Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the show. This is Missing the Point with Miles David. Thank you for tuning back in. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You can keep up with the podcast on all social media platforms. We're on, well not all, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Missing Point Pod. I also have an email address so you can send your suggestions, comments, feedback, anything related to the show to me. And that is missingpointpod at gmail.com. What else do I have to you guys before we get into the show? Oh, I did want to say that in the works, I do have a intro to tennis, like tennis 101 type episode that I'm, you know, building out for you guys. Just because I know everybody that listens to the podcast is not necessarily a tennis fanatic and that's okay. Hopefully you can build steps or, you know, make baby steps getting there one day. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. And if you're not, I definitely want to, you know, break down some common use language or break down some familiar names that I'm going to be talking about in the podcast, you know, all of that stuff. I'm building it out so you can follow along with me while I talk about tennis. But I also don't talk about tennis the whole time, <laughs> especially in this podcast. So I am going to make sure I build it out for you guys so you guys can you know follow along with me and whatnot. And yeah, I think that's it. Um, we're going to get into the show talk some tennis talk some hot topics talk some mess and also stay tuned because i am introducing a new segment to the show that i think you guys are like and it basically makes sense to the podcast so i had to do it i knew it was going to come one day so you guys stay tuned and keep your ears open stick with me keep showing love to the podcast i see all the comments i read the dms i appreciate the messages in my inbox it all means something to me so i appreciate and am thankful for the love I've been getting because it makes me keep doing what I'm doing for you guys and for me and for the universe. (laughs) So let's get into the show. Okay. Another one for the highlight reel. Hey y'all. So even though tennis is pretty much done professionally at the ATP and WTA level, that doesn't mean that things are necessarily quiet in the sport as a whole. And if I want to be a place where you guys can listen and tune in about what's going on in the sport and learn more about it and all of that fun stuff, I got to talk about it. (laughs) So we are heading into the 2021 season. And unfortunately we are not out of the COVID woods yet. That damn virus. It just keeps on. It's like the gift that keeps on giving that nobody asked for. We didn't ask for this. Like, ugh, I don't know why y'all just can't wash your hands and stay home. But I, I, I do know because the government that we live in in America don't know what the hell they're doing to contain this shit. And ugh, that's a horse of a different color, I guess. Anyway, so, you know, things are definitely trying to be in store and in place for the upcoming Australian Open down in the wonderful continent of Australia. I definitely, definitely want to go to the Australian Open one day. It's on my list of things. It's on my list of places to get a stamp on my, on my, um, what do you call that thing? My passport. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. The Australian Open just always sets the tone for the year. It always looks lit. I'm always excited for it. I don't really love the fact that it keeps me completely up at night, but then again, like, I'm always up at night, to be honest. I'm, I'm a night owl. And I'm, I'm, I said that I say that because the Australian Open, the time difference is so bad that, you know, you can definitely find yourself watching tennis up until 3 a.m. And it's or it's like, you know, 2 p.m. there. So 
something like that. I don't know. But reports have started to come out that the Australian Open could be pushed back to February 8th, all the way back to February 8th and 21st, with players allegedly having to test five times for COVID-19 and only allowed out of quarantine to train for up to five hours a day in a biosecure Melbourne Park bubble, according to the French report newspaper Le Creep. And this was reported on Wednesday. So negotiations between Tennis Australia, the Victorian government, and the ATP, that's Association of Tennis Professionals, and WTA, the Women's Tennis Association, are continuing. Uh, Victoria recorded, Victoria is a state in Australia, by the way, kind of like, you know, <laughs> America is to North or United, the United States is to North America. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, <laughs> Victoria recorded its 33rd day without a COVID-19 case on Wednesday, December 1st. Oh, Wednesday, December, Wednesday, today is Tuesday, December 1st, and they're reporting this on Wednesday because it's a whole nother day over there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they recorded their 33rd day without COVID-19 and the government uh, needs to is trying to accept uh, returning travelers and kind of travelers, period, into a hotel quarantine for the next week. I mean, so back backtracking, Australia has been probably the strictest part of the globe when it comes to kind of containing this COVID-19 pandemic. They have not allowed people to really do much of anything, not even be outside of their house for more than an hour or so for the past couple of months. You know, meanwhile, that's a very stark difference to what the hell we got going on in America, where cases are even higher than when we first were, you know, notified of this virus spreading. It's just people are not staying home. There's not, you know, one united front on how to contain or how to mandate people from interacting with each other. It's just all over the place here. Not so much in Australia. So, Again, Lee Equip, which is the, or I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, <laughs> Lee Equip, I think that's it, reported that the government's proposal to manage the Australian Open quarantine looks something like this. So arrival in Australia between January 15th and the 17th, um, players are subject to bubble quarantining uh, up until the 31st of January for all, regardless of when you actually arrived. Uh, no one can spend more than five hours outside of their hotel room. And this time will be restricted to training on the court, gym, work, or receiving kind of like physio or physical therapy treatment, stuff like that. At Melbourne Park, which basically houses the Australian Open every year, a player can only be escorted by one person, um, not necessarily the same person each day. Uh, training pairs are to be formed with two players and their accompanying staff to train only with each other throughout the two weeks of quarantine if any of those people in that uh, training pair test positive for COVID-19 then they will be quarantined to their rooms for 14 days following the positive test they're not playing y'all at all <laughs> and, and coronavirus tests will be scheduled for the first third seventh tenth and fourteenth days of their stay so a lot is going into the makeup of this event because people are not wanting to see the event be canceled. So it is likely that it'll be pushed back because of, you know, everything I just said, there's a lot of moving parts that they need to have in place to make sure the players are not bringing in the COVID-19 virus because, you know, just like I said, Australia has managed it to where their numbers are nowhere near as, as high as America and other countries. They're like in <laughs> double digit, maybe 
you know, cases or confirmed cases of COVID. So they are, you know, I mean, rightly concerned that the players that are based in America, wherever they are based, could bring that virus and kind of, you know, the Australian Open becomes a super spreader event. And that's not what they want, but they also want to be able to host the tournament for obvious reasons to give the players, you know, a chance to make money. They make money when they, when the players play and, you know, and then obviously people like us, the fans, the viewers, the supporters of tennis, we want to be able to interact and talk about the sport that we love. So people are definitely trying to organize this because <laughs> before we know it, it'll be January and February and we'll be back to March. Oh my God, this sounds so sad. We'll be back to March when all of the world just turned upside down. But <sighs> I guess we got to just keep on plugging on. That's what I'm trying to tell myself because Lord knows I'm so tired of saying the word COVID and its repercussions and everything surrounded by this terrible year that just seems like it's going to keep on going and going and going but whatever <sighs> whatever i'm just here to talk about it hopefully the hopefully the more i talk about it the easier it gets or maybe you're listening to this and it is going in one in one or not the other who the fuck knows i know i know all of us are just a little bit uptight and tired but hopefully this podcast can be a bright moment <laughs> or a bright hour or two of your day. Anyway, moving on, the 2020 French Open Women's Singles Champion Iga Swiatek from Poland actually posted a picture on her social media recently, and it got a little bit of a buzz around it just because it shows her practicing with a new racket it seems on the actual post she says seriously missing sunshine and playing outdoors hashtag soon hashtag preseason so she is gearing up and trying to prepare for what is probably going to be a long 2021 tennis season i'm sure by a lot of people's standards and ideas so she is you know putting in the, the work and the racket that she's swinging doesn't look like the prince racket that she just won the french open with that's for sure people are speculating that it's a technofiber racket she hasn't come out and said that she has officially inked a deal with technofiber but i do believe it is a technofiber racket at least from the paint job a lot of these players fun fact a lot of the professional players you see playing with rackets that you may be able to get from like a Dick Sporting Good or like a tennis specific store. If you have one around your area or an online retailer like Tennis Warehouse, Tennis Express, a lot of those websites and stores will promote branding that says this player plays with this racket. And that's technically not true. I know in more recent times, they've tried to use the verbiage endorse because nine times out of 10, the player, the professional player is not actually using the same weight and basically specification and style of the racket that you would be able to see in your hands in like a retail setting. Um, they use a lot heavier frames and it's just customized to their specs being that they're on a professional level and they that's their tool, you know, like that's the weapon of choice. So it needs to be specified and kind of feel very like an extension of their arm or their hands so to speak so i highly doubt that she switched <laughs> frames because you know players just don't do that it's kind of like how do i put this it's like switching the tires on your car too often if that makes any sense probably a bad analogy but <laughs> you wouldn't just go into war changing the weapon that is basically proven good results for you just because you know they, you wouldn't change that that often because you, you have a connection to it if that's that's kind of what i'm trying to say <laughs> she was playing with a 
Prince. She was playing with a Prince frame, but unfortunately Prince has kind of had a tough time retaining top players. And then to that to that point, she didn't even have a contract with Prince Sports, the actual racket manufacturing company. She just played with the racket. And you can tell if a player is under contract usually by if they have the brand's emblem basically stenciled into their strings while they're playing a match. And she did not have the traditional P that is stenciled in rackets that, you know, stands for Prince Sports. She didn't have that. She was just using the frame. And unfortunately Prince just has not been able to you know pay out or basically pay top performing and high visibility athletes the kind of money that they either deserve or require to be able to play with their frames so brands like Wilson you know everybody knows about Wilson Babolat Head um, Yonix which is based in Japan a lot of those tennis manufacturing brands our tennis racket manufacturing brands, they are superseding prints. And, you know, the more visibility your brand has, obviously, the more people are going to want to potentially play with it. And Prince is just kind of losing. They have John Isner, but <laughs> that's not, you know, John is cool for American tennis by some people, but John is just not bringing in the kind of books that potentially a young star like Iga Swiatek could. So we shall see Technifiber, which is a manufacturing company and brand based in France doesn't actually have any top women players using its rackets. It does have the Russian player Daniel Medvedev who just won the ATP World Tour Finals and the Master Series title in Paris. I talked about it in my last episode. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. He plays with the Technifiber racket and, you know, signing a young player like Swiatek could definitely give the company a boost in the market and kind of help them gain visibility. So we will see what that does. And we will definitely be keeping an eye out on Iga Swiatek here. Well, I know I definitely will. I like the way she plays and you know, we, we will see. Speaking of having an eye out, oh my God, I said, oh, because I am going to be, <laughs> before I get into this, I'm actually going to be introducing a, new segment to the show or it's not really new it's just going to be i guess it is a new segment i'm going to be naming it something different and just stay tuned for that but this what i'm about to mention in tennis is almost directly linked to my gripe that i'm gonna <laughs> talk about later on in the show so stay tuned for that anyway this happened a couple just yeah this happened actually in october but i just kind of wanted to make people clear and you know tennis fans out there or just anybody that may be a casual watcher or potentially want to get into the sport for it for whatever reason, you are going to have a hard time or you better start shelling out big bucks out of your wallets because um, Tennis Channel, which is the pay TV service, has now signed a multi-year broadcasting right deal with the ATP Tour, the Association of Tennis Professionals, which is basically the tour that houses all of men's professional tennis events outside of the grand slams and they are going to become tennis channel i mean they're going to they're going to become the exclusive home for all of men's professional tennis in the united states like i said outside of the grand slams like new york or the u.s open uh this was released in october so you know i'm just kind of catching you guys up but 
According to Tennis Channel's president, Ken Solomon, Tennis Channel and ATP Media have worked tirelessly for nearly two decades to expand the daily TV, streaming, and on-demand coverage of this prolific sport across all popular platforms, and in doing so are making tennis competitive once again with other major sports in the U.S. Hmm. I have a mouthful to say about that. I have a mouthful. <laughs> but stay tuned to listen to me talk about it because I promise you I got to get some things off my chest. I just wanted you guys to be aware before I drop that bomb because I have a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous how they are doing this. But in on one hand, I can see how it's great. On the other hand, I just see how this is terrible for the actual popularity of tennis, mostly because one of the first things I said was that tennis channel like the actual television network is a pay tv service and in them doing so they basically cut out everybody else that could show professional men's tennis matches like no more nbc definitely no espn which is the number one sports network in the world worth billions of dollars they don't have any rights to men's professional tennis tour events outside of the Australian Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. Not even the French Open. The French Open belongs almost exclusively to U.S. watchers, to Tennis Channel. So I'll get into that later. This is just keeping you guys abreast of what's going on as far as viewing the sport, if you are interested. And then one last thing in tennis kind of, you know, updates. Before I get into this, I give this man, this man being Djokovic, I give him a lot of grief just because he comes off very disingenuine to me and disconnected. And I always say that just because, you know what, this is like, that's just my opinion. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not a fan. I mean, I, I'm sorry if that, you know, offends somebody that watches or whatever. I can be a fan of who I want to. And for whatever reason, me and this guy just do not gel as far as me thinking that he's a good guy. I, I, I see I see in him that he likes to paint himself as such, but it comes off a lot of times as disingenuous. However, however, I do think he does good things sometimes. And in saying that, I do have to report that lovetennis.com, you know, a website I actually frequent pretty often, reported not long ago. Actually, when did they report this? Yeah, December 1st. Yeah, they reported that Djokovic is actually helping players train for free in his country of Serbia in Belgrade. So Djokovic has had a very weird, interesting year on court tennis, you know, getting defaulted for hitting lines women in the throat in New York. And he's also had a very tumultuous season off court with his coronavirus for everybody tour <laughs> or his exhibition event that he, you know, helped create over in Serbia, basically in the middle of this pandemic earlier this year. If you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely go and Google it. There's a bunch of information about that. He's still doing things and definitely keeping his name in the media. Um, so according to according to reports, Novak Djokovic has made provision in his tennis center in Belgrade in Serbia for about 15 players to train for free through the offseason. So he's made three bubble courts, a weight room and a physiotherapist space available for the players for free. He's also going to provide meals to the players and their staff and hotel for lodging while they prepare and get ready during this preseason for the upcoming, you know, for the upcoming year of tennis in 2021. He's providing huge boxes of balls and stringers and all of that stuff that tennis players need. I mean, it takes a village to 
produce one tennis player. Trust me, y'all. And he's providing all of that free of charge, which is a really, really good move. I do think that is a great thing and it's benefiting some good people because if you don't know, tennis is a very expensive sport and it just takes a lot to get to where a lot of these players that are household names get. And that's just like a once in a that's that's a one in a one thousand, probably more chance that you're going to be one of the top players in the sport. And it's a lot of invested money and time and effort. So for him to be doing that and giving kind of like that that space for players to train for free is very admirable. But I mean, the man's a millionaire, so it's the least he could do. <laughs> I say that because it's it's timed well from a very PR standpoint that he does this. Do I think it's, you know, coming from a, a space of him wanting to help? Yes, but I do know that he is, I, I think he knows and his, his team around him knows that he is definitely not trending upward when it comes to popularity in tennis to a good portion of fans in the sport. So he, you know, he's doing what he can to make sure the narrative starts to shift. So, you know, because some people, to some people, he's just not on the level of likability when it comes to, you know, professional tennis stars as is Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, even Andy Murray and some other players, you know, people just kind of rally around them and just generally view them as more likable. He isn't, <laughs> people are fans of him. Don't get me wrong, but just in general, he doesn't, in my mind, he's not trending upwards in that, in that regard. So kudos to him for doing that. And, you know, I definitely am going to give props where props are due. I think that is a good thing. And hopefully a lot of those players, you know, can benefit from that and have really good seasons or, and, you know, in just general, just, you know, take advantage of that opportunity. I'm sure getting free things from a millionaire amidst the global pandemic feels great. So, you know, kudos to him and shout out to people that benefited from that. That is pretty much all I got for my little tennis tidbits today, we are going to move on in the show and talk about some hot topics and pop culture and media. Okay. Cause I got a lot of stuff to talk about and things are dropping. People are releasing music and magazines and all kind of stuff is going on to end the year. So we got to talk about it. Be right back. All right, y'all, let's talk about what's going on in the world of pop culture and hip hop and media and Instagram and social media and all that stuff. First things first, Megan Thee Stallion dropped her debut album, which sounds a little weird coming out of my mouth when I say it, just because she's been on the scene for a little minute now. So you probably would have thought that she dropped a debut album the way her music has been spreading. But regardless, she dropped her debut album entitled Good News. It was released on November 20th, so it's been out for a little bit. And I have given it a a, a decent listen. Um, I do like Megan Thee Stallion. I do think she is a really good rapper and very talented. Um, the album features some really good artists, you know, besides Megan Thee Stallion. It has The Baby, City Girls, SZA. It actually features Big Sean, 2 Chains, and Beyonce. You know, I'm sure you've heard that Savage remix a thousand and five times by now. The album was preceded by a couple of different singles, Girls in the Hood, Don't Stop, Don't Stop, Pump That Cat, don't, I Gotta Stank, Ass Walk, and a 
what did she say? Something like that. And then, <laughs> and then the most recent single is Body, which whew, I have some unpopular opinions about. I just, I get it because like, not to age myself, but I'm not on TikTok and I haven't really got into that wave. I mean, I've tried to use like Instagram reels and stuff, but the point is I can tell that she made this song kind of for social media, especially the chorus, like body, yaddy, 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 yaddy. Like you can tell it was made to be short and impactful in like this new era of TikTok and dancing along to songs and making up choreography that's kind of easier to for everybody to dance with like and everybody from your mama to your grandmother to the little kids can do it like it's catchy but also annoying and a little bit redundant so i'm not a fan i'm like i probably wouldn't have chosen that as a single let alone <laughs> let alone a track on my album but you know i get that she wants to be as easily mainstream or I get that she wants to be as mainstream as possible. It's just, it's just not my cup of tea. It might hit different once I hear it in the club after a couple drinks, it may hit different. But as of right now, I definitely can go without that body yaddy yaddy song. Even though I will say the verses, like the girl can rap. I could never take that away from her. Like when she just starts rapping nine, mm, Eight times out of 10, I'm thoroughly pleased when she just starts rapping. Like, for instance, one of my favorite songs on the album that I've listened to so far is Go Crazy that has Big Sean and 2 Chains on it, which that probably might not make it to like, you know, mainstream radio or it, it might not become a single, but she raps on that song. I mean, Big Sean and 2 Chains do too, but she flows and the beat on that song is crazy. And, you know, most of the music on the album is very, very upbeat just because I'm I'm pretty sure she went into it with this being a very tumultuous year for everyone. And then also a very tumultuous year with with her, you know, from being shot by that little nugget, <laughs> from being shot by that little rug rat named Tori, uh, what his name is, um, Tory Lanez, which I'm, I think I've said on here before. Y'all, I don't know a Tory Lanez song. I really don't. <laughs> I ooh, <laughs> I just can't believe that I can't, I still can't believe Tory Lane shot her. And I do believe he needs some good old jail time. Cause I just, ugh, I, ugh, I guess it makes me annoyed every time I think about it. But speaking of Tory Lane's, the very first track on the album addresses most of the drama that she's had with Tory Lane's in, you know, the past couple of months with her getting shot and allegedly falling out with her best friend over them, allegedly having both messing with um like why i keep why i keep forgetting that boy name uh tory lane see he's not even memorable i can't even believe that <laughs> people would be fighting over him lest getting shot like revolving around him it's just it's wild to me but she the very first track um is called shots fire which is actually one of the best songs on the album she is spitting for real and it's actually um it actually samples the Who Shot Ya song by Notorious B.I.G. that, you know, some people say he, you know, shot jabs at Tupac with. So it's a really, really good song. Um, <laughs> she addresses Tory Lane. She addresses her her alleged ex-best friend that has, you know, switched up sides on her that was in the 
SUV when everything happened that night when she got shot, unfortunately. So it's definitely a in-your-face kind of album. If you haven't listened to it, I definitely would give it a listen. Do I think, like, I personally would not add the entire album to, like, my Spotify, personally. And I haven't done that yet. I've just very, I've just, like, skimmed it. I think she could have done better in certain areas. I, I, I think she is a great rapper and I think she will be around for a while. I just think that she really needs to. I, I don't want to bring her down, but I just want her to be a little bit more strategic, if that makes any sense. I think she could have been a little bit more strategic with the placement of songs and like the flow of the album because at first let's at first listen yeah at first listen I was just like this is so sample heavy which you know I, I feel two ways about using samples in music obviously like samples are here to stay like people are not going to stop using samples and sometimes it is great to have an ode to you know maybe an, a, a song that inspired you or like an artist that inspired you in your track. I think that's great. But at the same time, I want to hear what you got. Like you may be able to use like bits and pieces of a, of a beat that, you know, that people know or a, a, a verse that people know or whatnot. But I'm, if I'm, if especially this is your debut album, I want to know what you bring into the table. And like the very first, <laughs> the first couple of tracks are just, so feature heavy like i mentioned the feature in shots fired in circles another track on the album she features jasmine sullivan shout out to jasmine sullivan by the way because she's supposed to be dropping a project really soon at the top of next year hopefully we get to next year <laughs> hopefully 2021 sees us um <laughs> but she samples jasmine sullivan's circles which is another sample that jasmine sullivan used in that original song um i think yeah i think jasmine sullivan sampled a Mary J. Blige song in circles. I'm pretty sure. So it, like I said, samples are going to always be here, but in that specific song circles, but Megan Thee Stallion, she just, ugh, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't hit me the right way. And again, you know, sometimes an album has to kind of sit on my palate. And this is definitely one of those albums I'll put in that category, unfortunately, which usually means one of two things. Usually means, I just intrinsically do not like it or it just needs to sit <laughs> in my spirit for a little bit longer. Cause like there are, there are songs that I probably would add to my playlist, like liked songs playlist on Spotify. But as, as a whole, the album is just very feature heavy. Like she got freaky girls that, that samples Adina Howard song that she's famous for sugar baby samples, a webby song. Um, in certain areas and certain tracks, she kind of missed the mark a little bit. But, you know, it's a debut album. Hopefully, hopefully she has continued success and, you know, continues the kind of wave of good. Or she, I hope she continues the wave of positive female rap because, you know, she is one of the girls leading the charge. So I'm not, I can't be mad at that. I, I, I personally enjoy female rap <laughs> a little bit more than male rap sometimes just because male rap <sighs> people you know people go back and forth and say that all women do is talk about having sex and tapping a twat and all that stuff which you know is you know, it's, it's kind of true but men the, the male rappers ugh, 
Sometimes tickets be lulling me to sleep, especially like Future and all of them. I don't know what the fuck they be saying. So again, kudos to Megan. I'm not mad at you, sis. Like, album might not be my full cup of tea, but I'm going to still support you. So shout out to you. So next up on the block, we got Mr. Michael B. Jordan, who was recently named People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive for 2020. He actually has been making headlines in a couple of different ways. Obviously, you know, being named People people's sexiest man alive has some people talking a lot of people at least from my vision and the lurking i've been doing <laughs> a lot of people agree i mean a lot of people think he's an attractive guy and you know i think he is he's definitely nice to look at he may or may not have been my mcm a couple times <laughs> i'm not even joking he probably has well i know he has anyway a lot of people on the other hand don't really find him a lot of people don't find him sexy. A lot of people think he's just, you know, like, okay looking. And, you know, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks. Everybody don't like the same flavor of ice cream, which is cool. But I do think, in general, he is trending in the right direction. I think that he is in the conversation for, like, the next group of actors, especially black actors, that are going to kind of be taking over Hollywood. He's not he's he's not super young. Like he's not in his twenties, I don't believe. I'm pretty sure he's in his early thirties, I think. I think. I don't know. But you may know him from movies like Black Panther, Fruitvale Station, Fantastic Four. You may know him from Creed as well and Creed Two. So he's been in some big box office, you know, successful movies. Um but people are also talking about him because of his recent conversation and sit down on Jimmy Kimmel Live, where he basically alluded to starting a OnlyFans page. And if you don't know what an OnlyFans page is in 2020, then you may be under a rock, but I'm sure you do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but don't get your hopes up. He, he isn't going to be showing any parts of his body, I do not believe, on uh only fans. So him and Jimmy Kennel were actually speaking about his mustache, which if you have seen the cover of People magazines, you can tell his mustache is definitely grown in a little thicker. And he went on to say that during the quarantine, he got a chance to actually see how his facial hair grew out. And, you know, it, it, it kind of sparked an idea in him for him to create a avenue um, for people to go ahead and go to barber school because a lot of the barbers were affected negatively from COVID-19, you know, people, you know, with, with cutting someone's hair, that is very, that is, we don't think about it sometimes, but that's a very intimate thing to do. And a lot of businesses either took time off or had to take time off or just fully haven't fully recovered. Thank God my barber is still up and running. I don't know what I would do without a good barber. Cause whew. <laughs> anyway, um, Jimmy Kimmel actually thought he was joking, but he went on to say that, you know, I'm actually going to start an OnlyFans, but all the proceeds I want to go towards a barber school because during the quarantine, you know, there's been so many businesses and schools that shut down after he explained, you know, because Jimmy Kimmel thought he was joking. <laughs> um, he went on to say that his mustache is named Murphy and it was a really, really cool interview. So if you haven't uh, seen Michael B. Jordan on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Check that out. Shout out to Michael B. Jordan and shout out to People Magazine for picking a black man as Sexiest Man Alive because I know a couple times they haven't done that, which, you know, I'm not saying black people have to be the sexiest, but you know, <laughs> nine times out of ten. And on to more mess. So, apparently, a couple days ago, gospel singer 
Daryl Walls of the gospel quartet group, The Walls Group. Uh, side note, a group I have never really gotten into. I've like seen certain performances and I definitely know about them in general. I just have not found myself attached to any of their music yet, which sounds bad because when you say you don't like a gospel song or artist, it almost sounds like you don't like the Lord, but I do. I just haven't got into them. <laughs> but anyway, this is kind of sad in a way, but apparently he, well, not apparently, we all saw, he posted a video of him make, oh, I guess it was a makeout session. They were being intimate. Him and another guy were being intimate on his Instagram close friends. And if you know anything about close friends on Instagram, that's basically where you put the stuff you don't want the general public seeing on your Instagram page. And the walls group is a huge music group in the genre of gospel and people know about them. So his Instagram obviously is a place people go to find out what's going on with the group. So I can imagine why he would want to put his personal life on his close friends, but things got a little bit tricky when the video of him kissing what is supposed to be or alleged to be his boyfriend. It may just be a suitor in his life. Who knows? But they, they looked really, really intimate in the video that went viral. They were kissing. And in order for that to have gone viral, it meant that somebody screen recorded it, unfortunately, and it picked up traction on the blog. It's because unfortunately people love, I don't want to say people love doing this, but unfortunately we living, we live in a world where it's still kind of cool or people think it's cool to out somebody. And I didn't, because I didn't know much about the group or follow the group like that. I didn't know that this person, like this guy was in the closet or, you know, wasn't all the way, I guess, forthcoming or just, you know, he wasn't out about his sexuality. So it wasn't, a big thing to me, but I'm guessing if you're like a huge walls group fan, if you're a woman <laughs> that thought he was attractive, then I guess your hopes are down. Sorry. <laughs> but to be honest, although it is sucky for someone to kind of get their sexuality exposed in that way, and he definitely needs to take inventory of who is in his close friends, because I, I would, I would think, so I feel two ways about it. I feel that someone of his stature should have, thought twice about posting that because it, he posted it. it wasn't the guy that that you know that isn't in the group it was he that posted it and if you are in fact not ready to share your sexuality i would imagine you wouldn't record yourself kissing another male and also post it regardless if you posted it to your close friends or your actual instagram i would just think if you were if you were not ready to share that with the world you wouldn't post it at all maybe record the video yes for like your own personal purposes but then we get caught up in this social media area this social media era of feeling like we have to post everything and sometimes i gotta catch my own self just because everybody does not have to know everything in your life and i think he just fell victim to that a little bit what's unfortunate is the fact that who he trusted to be in his circle and his close friends to, you know, be able to post intimate things like that, obviously did not have that same kind of trust or loyalty twofold because here it is. Everybody has seen that clip and has seen him kissing a man when he's never really addressed or talked about 
him being gay or sexually fluid or whatever the case may be. He's never addressed it. So that's unfortunate. He, and you know, I, I, people were saying that his Instagram was deleted or he, he deleted his, he deleted his Instagram in response to it. Cause I can, I can, I can only imagine how that feels to be in the limelight and kind of be going through your own struggle. And then especially when you put the kind of music he sings, people in the church, like traditionally do not have a warming or accepting attitude when it comes to homosexuality in the church. It's just, it's been written about, it's been researched. It's, it's, it is what it is. Unfortunately, still in 2020, people do not like to see their Christian music coming from homosexual people, especially people that are out and proud about it. So that's probably why he felt the way he felt. And I can't blame him for that, but it's not okay to, share other people's business when they are ready to share it so whoever did that is big file like huge file energy um but hopefully i'm not saying it's a good thing that it was shared but hopefully it does you know open up the conversation for him to walk in whatever light he feels he needs to walk in i know he made a video um not in response to it but he made a video of him singing and talking about how God is good, which, you know, is right up, <laughs> is right up his alley. He is a good singer and he is part of a really popular, uh, gospel music group. So he didn't really address it, which, eh, I mean, I can't blame him cause he was, it, it was his private business that was yanked and put into the public. Um, so we will see how that unfolds. I wouldn't be shocked if he never mentions it again, or I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, kind of walks in the limelight and says, Hey, I am openly gay or bisexual or whatever the case. And, this is who I'm entertaining and this is that, which, you know, say it with your chest if you're going to do it. I mean, it's unfortunate that it had to be put out like that. But, hey, we all <laughs> crazier things. And then on top of that, he is not the first, the second, third and will not be the last man in the church as a as a singer or a, a drummer or as a anything in the church, any kind of position in the church or any like Christian music, gospel music, he will not be the last one that is either questionable as gay or like on the spectrum or he, he's just not. And I wish people would get over it. You can be, you can be gay and love the Lord. <laughs> the love, the Lord loves you back. Like I don't understand where that, I mean, I guess I do understand where that concept comes from. I went to a Catholic school all of my life. So I've been taught to think that gay and in religion don't go together or should be very, very separate. And some people unfortunately still live in that very ancient mindset, but people got to get over it. Like your fave, you can't stop faving your fave just because you see them kissing somebody of the same gender. Like that's what they like. And if you like their music, you should be able to like their music regardless of who they love, especially if who they're loving is one, not affecting you and two, perfectly legal. Like if, if he was, you know, if he was on close friends doing something with somebody underage or doing something like that, totally different story, but him kissing a completely like it, it, it was consensual. Like it wasn't like he, you know, forced himself on anybody. They were just having an intimate moment that recorded, unfortunately got into the wrong hands. So everybody that has a problem with it, you know, they can suck it. And if you are going to support the walls group and Daryl walls then keep doing it, I may get into their music after this. I'm not sure. I can't say that I'm going to be like a Daryl walls fan or stand now, but you know, I wish him all the best and continued success because that's not a, that's not the, I'm sure, I'm sure it's been on his mind and I'm sure he's probably wanting to keep it secret, but I'm almost positive. That's not how the way 
that's not the way he wanted to go about, you know, opening up the world to his sexuality. So, or, you know, the person that did it foul as fuck and you probably should rot for a little while. <laughs> and I hope they find who did it because that's, that's so fucked up. And I hope he, you know, checks him or her or whatever. But I also do hope he finds some, you know, some peace and clarity and can walk in his truth because nothing's wrong with it. It's 2020 people are living under the rainbow and living loudly underneath it. So give it the program. It's just not going to change people like who they like. And if you don't like who they like, then, Mind your own business. Find somebody that likes you. All right. Last but not least in hot topics, I'm sure that I'm sure this has come across your timeline one way or another. Um, a restaurant and or bar or grill or whatever they want to call themselves by the name of True Kitchen and Cocktails. They went viral, especially on black Twitter. <laughs> and, you know, once black Twitter picks up my job, they don't put it down for a while. But this was all over my timeline on Twitter and Instagram. So allegedly, well, not allegedly, we saw the video. <laughs> This black restaurant named True Kitchen and Cocktails in Dallas, Texas. Shout out to anybody listening in Dallas, Texas. I appreciate you. But this restaurant made waves because I'm trying to set the scene for you. <laughs> it was a Sunday. I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday or a brunch or something into that. The day doesn't really matter, but I'm just I'm just telling you they had, you know, they were open for business in a pandemic, in a peninsula, in a panoramic, which is a little questionable in some ways, but I can't talk too loud because I was at brunch once or twice, maybe in this pandemic, whatever, judging mamas. <laughs> anyway, they, um, the owner, not they, I should say the owner of True Kitchen and Cocktails made some waves by going on a very, 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 very interesting rant in response to a couple of patrons getting up on the furniture and twerking and making a little bit of a scene after allegedly, and I'm pretty sure this did happen. According to them, they were asked prior to the owner going off on the entire room they were asked to calm it down, but he went off and I'm going to play a little bit of his rants, but he went on to talk about how I'll let you hear it. <laughs> Y'all heard that <laughs> parts of that. And I guess part of the entire conflict I get, because if I was a business owner and I came in after telling somebody to not do something that, you know, that was not a part of the environment that I'm trying to establish or have established as a restaurant or a business and they kept doing it, I would want them to leave too. However, his little tangential part about, you know, women respecting themselves and how can men respect themselves in his restaurant if the women don't respect themselves and he's trying to build something for his people and 
that part really was not needed, especially the get the fuck out part. I get people get upset and he has every right to be upset if somebody in his restaurant is not following the rules he's set out. But <laughs> addressing the entire floor, which is something he did, because I was just playing y'all a video of somebody that wasn't actually, you know, accused of doing this working on his furniture or whatnot. So everybody that was in earshot got that whole message and it put a lot of sourness in attacks to the restaurant's name. So people are like, you know, they basically committed business suicide because he addressed the floor in such a way that put everybody down in a way because if you are having an, a there's two general trains of thought that i see on social media and that i kind of agree with if you're going to have an establishment that has a live dj that is playing turned up music like they say the song that was playing while the girls or while the people were twerking on the furniture or on the glass or whatever was throw that ass in a circle i'm not saying music has to make you dance but throw that ass in a circle is one of those songs that makes you want to dance especially if you are this restaurant and you are all over instagram and pride yourself on serving hennessy margaritas and do say in a cup or do say in a in a used Douce bottle. Like, I, <laughs> you gotta make sure that your actions follow up your words. Now, if this was a white, a white cloth restaurant and they were doing that, he'd be a tad more justified. But everybody was like, boy, <laughs> we in Dallas at this restaurant having French toast and eggs and you playing this music? Please shut up and let me dance. I get that. I do get that at the same time, though. If you were asked, then and if you were asked multiple times according to what they've because you know the their pr team does need some work sidebar because they aren't really addressing this well <laughs> maybe it's the owner maybe the owner is the pr team i have no idea but they basically like fuck all that if y'all don't want to come in y'all don't have to but y'all gonna not twerk on my stuff that's not how you keep business running <laughs> but i do understand his frustration of people not doing what they were asked to not do basically because if somebody came into your restaurant and just started busting up shit or or fucking up shit that you put time effort and money energy into the 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 floor to be upset is there it's just that you have to deal with those people you can't address the whole room because then you are opening up a can of worms people are like oh that's how you really feel and that that rant he went on that you just heard really felt like something he had <laughs> that had been bubbling on his chest and it just came out and he can't walk it back now because it's recorded and everywhere. So, I mean, I don't really think they're going to lose business over this because apparently people, you know, like the vibe, but you know how social media goes, people, it goes viral. And then people say to boycott something and all of a sudden you look up and people are right back there. So first things first, we probably shouldn't have been twerking amongst people's French toast and bacon in a pandemic in the first place that's number one like i said i can't judge too much because at this point in december of 2020 somebody every, everybody especially in america because we can't keep track of shit especially when it comes to covid everybody has done something that's not so quarantine friendly but sitting down at a restaurant like not socially distanced is something that shouldn't have been done in the first place and then <laughs> if you're gonna play ratchet music then you got to expect your customers to get a little ratchet. And if they are, you know, if they are crossing a line, cool, like 
tell them something about themselves, but addressing the floor and then making it a whole black woman respecting themselves issue, not really the way you want to go about if you're trying to bring more business into your new establishment. And then people were saying, you know, they, they take, um, uh, what you call that shit at a restaurant? A reservations and reservations are big, booked out for months. I don't know who the hell they think they are <laughs> for some fucking waffles, <sighs> whatever. Anyway, if you're in Dallas and you go to True Kitchen and Cocktails and have a great time, let me know because it might be on my list because I just want to see what kind of experience he's trying to put out to where people aren't twerking yet, you know, they playing Migos and everything else. So that wasn't really a highlight for them, I'm sure. But hey, if they <laughs> if they don't want you twerking next to their uh, omelets. <laughs> And pancakes, then who are we? Who are we to stop them? <laughs> I thought it was a little bit funny. He did take it far, but I thought it was a little bit funny. But <laughs> all right, so that is it for today's Hot Topic segment. I'll be back introducing a new segment that I think you guys are going to be interested in. So stay tuned, okay? You're missing the point. Yeah, but no, you're missing my point yeah. entirely. You're missing the point. I knew this day would come. I knew it would. I knew it would. I just knew it would. Because people in the news, your celebrities, my favorite athletes, people around me in this place we call Earth get on my nerves. And they constantly, like the name of this podcast suggests, they miss the damn point. <laughs> so here it is. Here is me telling people where they missed it and where I need them to go quickly. The first person up to bat is YouTube TV. Actually, YouTube TV and Tennis Channel. They're going to get all of my good words today because how dare they? Let me set the scene for y'all, please. Let me get set the scene for y'all. I'm going to do this as, you know, because I really had to count to 10 before, <laughs> before I open up this microphone and we end on them because I probably am still going to use choice words, but I definitely was going to cuss everybody out at YouTube TV, Google, and Tennis Channel. However, I'm going to set the scene for y'all. So. It's November 30th, right? November 30th. I had just come home from a nice session of physical therapy. If you don't know, I've been having some left knee pain. No, I did not fracture or tear anything. It's just some patellofemoral pain. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's been annoying me all year. And now I'm in physical therapy to, you know, strengthen muscles around my knee. Besides the point, I came home from that, had a good session, was feeling all limber and shit. Only to sit down, and I don't judge me, y'all, but, you know, when you come home, sometimes you got to sit down in the bathroom and take inventory of your life. <laughs> Everybody does it. At least I know I do. You sit down, take inventory of your life. You pull up your phone, pull up a book, a magazine. You read some emails. And while I was reading my emails, I saw a nice email come across from YouTube TV. And in the subject of it, I think it was like a channel update or something like that. Mind you, I have been a subscriber of YouTube TV, which is basically a cable cutting service that allows you to view live TV without the traditional cables and boxes and astronomical fees of traditional cable or satellite television, right? I've been subscribed to them since I want to say August, maybe September. And I really have thoroughly enjoyed them. They give everything I need. They got Bravo own ABC, Fox, BET, everything. They got all of that shit at a fraction of the cost, right? And they have Tennis Channel, or they had Tennis Channel. So back to me sitting on my toilet, you know, taking inventory of my good old life. 
I get an email from them and it says, let me read this verbatim because this is the part that really pissed me off. Let me find this email. <clears throat> it says, we're writing to let you know that our agreement with the tennis channel has expired. This email was sent on November 30th. As I continue, starting November 30th at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the tennis channel will no longer be made available for distribution to YouTube TV. This means that you will no longer be able to watch that channel live or access any content that you recorded that you have recorded from the tennis channel. We regret the inconvenience they make this may cause and thank you for your membership. Sincerely, the YouTube TV team. Well, the YouTube TV team, if you're listening to me, fuck y'all, because this email was sent on the same damn day that they stopped distribution of the channel three hours before 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when I got the email, maybe four, but it was the same day. If that's how y'all gonna conduct business and just consider to X channels out, screw y'all. Fuck y'all forever. And this is somebody that was basically singing y'all praises i was literally just sitting in my damn room saying god damn like this has really been a good switch like you get unlimited dvr there's no like extra fee you got to pay for it the same stuff you dvr can go on your phone your ipad your actual tv they had an amazon fire stick app like it was i was literally singing the praises in my head of course of youtube tv and thanking myself giving myself a damn clap on the back for switching and saving money right <sighs> And here they come with this damn email being disrespectful as fuck. Like, cause let me, let me, let me, let me, let me draw out the strikes of where they had me fucked up and missed the point, right? You sent an email to your paying customers about removing something that they literally are about to pay for. Either, either the money came out of our account that day or the day after you cannot say, Hey, Hey, you guys, I know you guys pay a monthly fee every month, but we're going to take this away and you only get three hours notice. So I hope you're okay with that. Oop, and we're sorry for the inconvenience they may cause, you know, grain of salt. Some people might not even know the tennis channel exists. That's fine because tennis, as, as most people know, is not the most popular sport in America. COVID-19 has helped it out a lot because it's one of the easily socially distanced sport. And, you know, people have been buying and getting back into or buying rackets and getting back into tennis and whatnot. But they tennis channel and YouTube TV shot themselves in the foot. Now, originally, I was going to come over here and blast the fuck out of tennis channel until I did my good research. Can't nobody tell me I don't do no good research and found out that it was YouTube TV who decided that they didn't want to carry tennis channel anymore. I thought it was tennis channel based off of what I said earlier in the podcast about tennis channel striking up that deal and basically cutting everybody the fuck out of, of airing tennis in America. It's just going to be on tennis channel, which is a paid service. You cannot get tennis channel unless you are paying for the package. If you have uh, direct TV, Cox spectrum dish, AT, AT&T, whatever you have, you have to pay an extra fee to get that. Problem is a lot of people don't feel like doing that, especially when they can get the rest of their fucking favorite sports on ESPN, NBC, Fox, football, basketball, baseball, even damn golf and boxing come on more frequently and for free. 
I mean, well, I guess this is not necessarily for free, but you don't have to go out of your way to make sure you're viewing it. All of the other sports in the world, even fucking soccer, I can turn on my television and see a soccer match that I don't damn watch. No shade to people that love soccer. I know people do. It's just not my cup of tea. I can watch that shit even if I'm not a fan. Tennis has tennis has completely gotten away from casual viewership, which is the which is part of the reason why the sport is tanking in popularity in america other sports i mean other regions don't have this problem because they make sure tennis is in the programming for the people to watch america not so much and with that little deal tennis channel just inked they're making it that much harder because you cannot go to nbc and cbs or even espn and watch tennis throughout the year yes you're gonna get you know i was gonna i was trying to give them a little a little a little push here you can't even watch all four of the major grand slams australia the french wimbledon and u.s open you only can watch three of those on espn because tennis channel does not have the rights to air exclusively they can air it but they can't write they can't air exclusively the australian open the i mean the australian open wimbledon and the u.s open they have exclusive rights basically in america to the french open so espn is not showing the French Open at all, and they haven't for the past couple of years, thanks to Tennis Channel. But YouTube TV cutting Tennis Channel off of their networking is so stupid. Millennials, people from age what? I don't know what a millennial is, but y'all know what a millennial is. They are not paying the big bucks to get a ugly old box in their in their television setup. They're just not. They are using things like YouTube TV or Fubo TV or Sling TV Cable cutting is the wave. It is how people are watching TV. People aren't even people aren't even subscribing to cable. Period. They use a Netflix, Hulu, and damn uh, jailbreak in their Fire Sticks. It's just what people are doing because there's so many hidden fees and just stupid stuff that comes with a traditional cable or satellite package so youtube tv fuck y'all for doing that and then fuck y'all for giving us notice and then fuck y'all again because i went on twitter and saw people outraged again it might be a small community of people that even know about tennis channel and be and are super fans like me but this is the point of this damn podcast so of course i'm upset and i i had fallen in love with the with the ability to watch my sport my favorite sport of choice and record it and have it there forever not only did y'all cut it but three hours notice y'all took away everything that we have recorded i have recorded the next like the next day so there's literally nothing from tennis channel it's as if it didn't exist and on top of that i saw the youtube tv team People were asking, hey, you took a channel, you gave us three to four hours notice that you were doing so, you took away all the recorded content we have, how about we get something back on our bill? They said no. People, literally, I saw people's mentions, I saw their mentions, people were asking the same question, like, hey, you did this abruptly, which is piss poor customer service, the least you could do is give me back, either give me credit on my bill or something, they said, nah, we good on that, fuck y'all, and Tennis Channel, y'all need to do something better, because I know y'all greedy as shit, it, it's, it, when I first heard, the, when I first heard the news, I was just like, this is, this is, this is more Tennis Channel than it is YouTube TV, after further research i think it is more youtube tv which don't make no sense like why would you do that why would you cut something and then not change your pricing first of all your pricing has already gone up is it is it cheaper compared to other uh you know ways of watching tv maybe possibly so but you keep going up and still cut channels that's not the math ain't mathing somebody make that make sense if you're going to increase the price why the fuck are channels getting getting left off why make it make sense now, why am I supposed to watch tennis at, huh?
it's enough that Tennis Channel, now I'm good to get on Tennis Channel's ass. Tennis Channel has a subscription service within their already paid television service that's called Tennis Channel Plus. It's a $100 plus tax, a yearly subscription fee for you to watch like outside courts. Because if you don't know, tennis is basically the big money comes to the big players that play on the biggest courts. But obviously to get to that point, to get to the championship stage, there are smaller name players playing on smaller courts that you don't see on television or don't that are not traditionally shown on television. Tennis Channel Plus gives you the ability to see everything that's on Tennis Channel plus those outside the outside courts plus like little knickknack stuff and interviews they be doing that's really not all that interesting. And I'm you know I'm saying this, I'm keeping it 100% real. I got to because that's just how I am and I'm a little bit upset. Well, I'm a lot upset. I don't give a rat's ass if nobody credible ever comes on this damn podcast. I don't care if somebody listening to this is offended or what that is a part of YouTube TV. I, as a paying person for these for these services, deserve better. How dare you cut something off three hours before you do it and tell me, sorry, you can't get your money back or sorry, you can't get any of the stuff you recorded that, you know, you boasted about having a unlimited dvr service how fucking dare you and then send us a this email was four fucking sentences bitch go to hell go to fucking hell quickly quickly and then people would 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 really drive me about this is that this is another nail in the coffin in viewership in tennis it really is people are not watching the sport COVID-19 COVID aside, people were not giving a rat's ass about tennis. Everything was dropping. And in Tennis Channel, I got to get on y'all too, because y'all tried. Tennis Channel did this week called Giving Thanks, where they gave thanks to the most popular tennis players like Serena, Venus, Roger, Rafael Nadal, the Bryan brothers that played doubles. And then they also did Maria Sharapova and Caroline Wozniacki. Cool, great concept because all of those players have brought in a bunch of viewership to the sport, made a bunch of money, and are all legends in their all right. And they're all legends in their own right. Cool, got it. My problem is, and I don't know if y'all thought people would, would peep this, but my black ass surely did, and I'm observant. And maybe, you know, I am a little biased because Serena and Venus are my faves and I am a black man. So maybe I am a little biased, but fuck that. Do you know, so the the concept behind this was that they were going to basically show wall-to-wall coverage of all of these important people's matches from different parts of their career. Great concept because tennis is over for the season, right? Gives us something to watch until live tennis or more competitive tennis is back. Cool. Do you know Maria Sharapova got six matches played on Tennis Channel? Do you know Caroline Wozniacki got six matches played on Tennis Channel? Do you know the Bryan Brothers? Who play doubles? No shade to doubles. I've played doubles before, but doubles is not the main uh, attraction in tennis. They got about six matches played. Rafael Nadal got six matches played. Roger Federer probably got six or seven matches. Do you know how many matches they played of Serena and Venus? Do you know? I would like somebody to guess. Y'all can't. I mean, nobody's sitting in front of me, but guess. They they gave Serena and Venus three matches each. The argue not even arguably those two women have put tennis on a such a scale over the past 20 years and y'all disrespect them every chance y'all get yes i understand maria sharapova retired this year yes i understand wozniacki retired this year who cares the brian butters retired this year so i understand giving them shine but you can't tell me on any given day if i go out and poll people 
who's going to know Venus and Serena over the damn Bryan brothers, over Caroline Wozniacki, over Maria Sharapova? Maria Sharapova is a good name, but damn it, the girl hasn't won no gold medals, not multiple gold medals. Has she won 23 Grand Slams? No, she hasn't. So how do you give thanks to these people, but then outrageously throw shade to the people that are basically making your sport relevant and have been for the past 20 years take away serena and venus the sport would be fucking dead at this point yes roger federer and yes Rafael nadal make tennis interesting but men's tennis is not the only thing that matters it's just not it's never going to be that's why there's women that play the sport so fuck tennis Hannah for that they are consistently they're greedy they don't want anybody else showing tennis because they're the tennis channel but what they don't understand is and then they they the commentators and they always have these large, broad discussion dis- discussions about why tennis in America isn't growing or how come there how come where you know where's the next Venus or Serena or where's the next Andy Roddick or where's the next Pete Sampras or Andre Agassi? You're never gonna get them if people don't watch the damn sport. If people cannot turn on the television and like for me, for instance, the reason I fell in love with the sport was via television. My mom and dad didn't play tennis. I don't come from that background. Nobody in my family played tennis was even they knew of tennis stars that made it to that household level, but nobody was playing tennis. I sat my ass down one day and it came on my television and I was fixed. I did the work to to figure out what shit meant in tennis and how to keep score and how to play. And it, it, it means something to me. So if you cut out people actually viewing the sport or make it incredibly hard to view the sport, how can you then turn around and say you're upset that people aren't playing it? They can't watch it. People are not going to play what they don't see. And Tennis Channel has been... <laughs> I have been watching Tennis Channel. I remember distinctly. And this is when I knew tennis was an uppity-ass sport. And I love tennis, but there are some things I cannot stand. And this, all of this falls into the, the radar of cannot stand in. When I had to ask my grandparents to add Tennis Channel to their lineup, I knew something was wrong. Because how come I can get on... How come I can open the fucking guide and see, a, and see NASCAR running? Why? Who? I mean, again, if if NASCAR is your thing, great. But NASCAR? Cars driving in a fucking circle? How come that is so readily available on all the sports networks, but I got to go and cross barriers to get Tennis Channel? Excuse me? To watch tennis? They're hitting a fucking ball back and forth. People might say that's boring. Matter of fact, golf is more accessible than tennis at this point. And they go hand in hand. When you see a tennis club, it's most likely a tennis and golf club. Golf gets more exposure than tennis at this point. So I don't know what the fuck I got to do at Tennis Channel, but y'all need to stop buying up the whole market and then making several walls of payment in front of it to even access your content. The game is going to die. Y'all, COVID-19 did y'all a good favor. But in, if if people don't start viewing this sport and getting in, getting engaged in this sport in America, you're never going to see another Venus of Serena. You're never going to get another another Sampras or Agassi because it limits the amount of access people have to even be a mip, to even be in the community of the sport. I don't understand how they don't get that. And YouTube TV did y'all no favors by cutting y'all. So not only are you making it more expensive and making having less less access, you're not touching the people that actually are watching today. 
everybody that I was looking at Twitter, there's the people that the people in my age group, yes, and there were even people older than me complaining about YouTube TV cutting the shit off like that. It's disrespectful and it's piss poor communication and customer service. You don't tell somebody three hours before cutting something that they pay for that they're cutting it. I pay my light bill every month. If they call me and say, you know, after I paid it by what by the way, this is this is why I'd be extra I'd be, I'd be pissed either way. But don't fucking let me pay my light bill and they say, you know, we aren't offering air conditioning service anymore. We're just gonna do energy so you can keep your lights on. Bitch, get the fuck out of my motherfucking face. Out my damn face. I whoop I, uh, <laughs> I I had to count to ten. Because I had I had to go vent. Because I mean and, and then you and then you don't you don't offer anything on top of it how do you fuck up and then offer anything bitch y'all knew it says the tennis channel agreement has expired you mean to tell me nobody knew before the day it fucking expired that it was going to expire nobody thought about sending an email saying hey at the end of the month you might want to find somewhere else to, to watch tennis channel y'all wait until the day of and expect people to just be okay with that fuck y'all that's how i feel and i don't care who i don't care who made it i don't care if you have YouTube TV, be weary or be leery that your favorite channel might just be gone when you wake up in the morning. Because that's what happened to me. Apologize for any fucking inconvenience. Inconvenience. Oop, I was going to say something. Whew, let me get off here because y'all get y'all get my they Anybody. I don't want to hear. A, I don't want to hear a single commentator say anything about why people aren't viewing the sport or where's the next this, where's the next that. Until y'all fix this television problem, we're all. It's always going to be issue, and everybody is a part of the problem that works in television and does not give people adequate access to watch the sport. There is no way in hell. I should be able to turn on my television and see a, a, a soccer match, a golf tournament and NASCAR before I see tennis. There's there, It shouldn't exist. Y'all don't even have a proper deal with ESPN. A, a tennis, a, a, a tennis fan can at this point, if a tennis fan does not want to pay extra money in their cable package or pay extra money for the tennis channel subscription service, they're only going to watch tennis three times a year. If you were a basketball fan, would you want to see your favorite player only play three times a year? And then the times you see them, it's the playoffs. So you have no idea how they got there. That's all you're going to see on ESPN is Australian Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. You're gonna have, you will have no idea why the players are ranked where they are or seated where they are because they don't show the shit. And when I was, I've been watching tennis since 2006, 2007. ESPN or NBC or CBS used to have more than what they have now there's no, tennis is a sport that is played from basically december to december i should not only be able to watch the sport be played three times a year you gotta be kidding me that fucking sucks and on top of that i, I lose the whole tennis channel three hours before it's actually cut from what i pay for every month fuck y'all they won't talk about where's the next serena she's nowhere she's never going to be found she can't because nobody can never see her. Nobody's watching tennis. <sighs> you know, sometimes when you just curse people out, it just feels better. That's how I feel, at least. Anyway, hopefully that entertained y'all because <laughs> I feel better. I personally feel much better getting all that off my chest and just putting that negative energy I had on top of me out into this microphone and out into the world. So hopefully you can get a good laugh out of it because my God, that was eating me up. And I just felt so bamboozled and hoodwinked and all of those things and i don't feel right when i feel bamboozled and hoodwinked <laughs> anyway 
Um, thank you guys for listening. And I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Wherever you listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, our heart radio, Amazon podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, all that stuff. Make sure you leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. I really would appreciate it. Uh, the social media links are going to be in the podcast description as well as the podcast email, which again is missing point pod. I really want to hear from my listeners to let me know what you guys are liking, what you guys would love for me to explain more or dive into in you know, the next couple, the next coming episodes or whatnot, that would be great. And I think that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you guys stay tuned. I have some things in the vault that I'm working on some interviews and episodes and stuff I'm excited about to keep this podcast running and growing and, you know, doing the things I wanted to do because I'm enjoying the process. I said a long time ago, it was a journey and I am in the thick of it. So thank y'all for riding with me and I will see you guys on the next episode. Make sure you are staying safe. COVID numbers continue to rise. Make sure you are doing the best you can with the best you can and riding out 2020 i know it's been a hell of a year for every single person out there i want you guys to be safe and enjoy what you can and i will see you guys on the next episode okay thanks for listening take care